Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, short version. We're in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. Yesterday, we started looking at verses 13 through 20. I read those verses, and then I made some comments, and then I shared some personal things that I felt would be beneficial for us. But today, I want to go back and start looking a little bit more from an interpretation standpoint at this passage, because there are some really key truths here, and I want to just talk a little bit about that today. I want to read verses 13 through 16. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, Abraham, he obtained the promise. So I want to talk today about this promise that God made to Abraham. You know, he says there just previously in verse 12, uh, in reference to those who are patiently waiting to inherit the promises. And then in verse 13, he talks about a promise singular for when God made the promise to Abraham, he swore by no one greater. So he swore by himself and he said, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. Now, I believe these are the promises. The promise to Abraham was really twofold. I will bless you and I will multiply you. I believe these are the promises that are referred to when it's referred to in the plural. But nonetheless, it really is just one promise of God to Abraham. Now, in order to understand this idea of promise that was made to Abraham, I want to go to Paul, because if I look at my Christian life and I look at the journey that I've walked and an understanding of the things of God and how God works and really what his purpose is, this idea of the promise to Abraham is very important and very foundational to our understanding of how God has worked with man throughout history. Now, if you listen to me for any length of time, you understand that I have some strong perspective and beliefs about the role of Israel in the plan of God. And I share that without any apology. And this is one of those areas, because if we're not careful in the reading of the Bible, we can become very Israel focused because Israel seems to take up so much of the process of God throughout history. But this truth about Abraham and the promise supersedes anything that God ever did with Israel. And it is the foundation of the gospel. Now I want to turn to Galatians and I want to read a few verses out of the book of Galatians and then make some comments. Because Paul, as a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Jew among Jews, he was the one that received the revelation from God about God's heart for the nations over and against, in addition to his heart for Israel. But he shows how this promise to Abraham is the foundation of God's interaction with mankind. It is the essence of the gospel. So let's listen to Galatians chapter 3, starting there in verse 8. He says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the nations, literally the nations. One Bible might say the Gentiles, but I believe that he says there he will justify the nations. How? By faith. He preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. 
So Paul calls Abraham a believer. He is the first believer. He is the first man that God made the promise to, to bless him and to multiply him and to make him a great nation and to bless the nations through him. And he believed God. Now, you know the details of the story when he promised Abraham that he would have a son, but we won't go into the details of that story, but let's just look at it from really an aerial view this morning and understand that when Abraham responded, to God's promise. When God preached the gospel to him, Paul says that he promised him that he would do something Abraham believed. And he became the example. He became the father of faith because he was the first one to believe in the way that God desired him to believe. And so God declared him righteous. Now, if you go on in Galatians chapter 3, verses 15, He says, Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's agreement. Yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now listen to verse 16. Now the promises, there it is again in the plural, were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, plural, as referring to many but rather to one, and to your seed, that is Christ. Paul asks a question, what am I saying? The law which came 430 years later does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. This is a powerful and beautiful truth in our Christian faith. When God made the promise to Abraham, the Bible says, if you go back and you read Genesis on many occasions... The translators will translate this word seed, and they will translate it plural, as if God made the promises to Abraham and all his descendants. But he did not make the promise to Abraham and all his descendants. We need Paul to explain to us that God made a promise to two people when he made the promise to Abraham. He made it to Abraham, and he made it to Jesus. So Jesus was in the loins of Abraham. We know, we trace the genealogy of Jesus from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and on and on and on it goes. Matthew does that for us in his gospel, and he's very meticulous to show us that Jesus is a descendant of Abraham. But nonetheless, the promise was to Abraham and to Christ, to his seed. And the law that came 430 years after the promise to Abraham. You see, the promise to Abraham was not made to Israel. It wasn't made to a specific people group. It was made to a barbarian man, Abraham, a man who was living out in the wilderness, in the Ur of the Chaldees when God appeared to him. He obviously was a God-fearing man, but he was not a religious man. He was not a man that was busy practicing the law of the Jews. This was 430 years before the law ever came about through Moses to the children of Israel in the wilderness. So God had a purpose and a plan that he swore by to Abraham. 
And he says there in verse 17, back in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, God desired even more to show the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose. Now, I'll talk a lot about the purpose of God. The purpose of God has to do with his desire to bring all of humanity into the likeness of his son so that we could share in his life with him. And God promised this to Abraham and in his promise to Abraham, the Bible says he also promised it to Christ. He promised to Christ, his son, that if he would be obedient to do all that he sent him to do, then by his faith, by the son's faith, he would bring about justification of all the nations, of all people. And that's exactly what God did through the work of Christ on the cross. And this is exactly what the writer of Hebrews is going to spend the remainder of this book talking about. This is a magnificent foundational truth of the gospel whereby we understand the promise that God made to Abraham to bless him and to multiply him. And that promise was also made to Jesus that God would bless him and multiply him. How does he bless him? He blesses him by affirming that he's the son of God. He resurrects him from the dead and he places him on the throne above all the nations and he multiplies him. He allows him to pour his life out and he is multiplied in and through the lives of all believers. That is the essence of the gospel. And so this is exactly what the writer of Hebrews is going to start talking about because he's reaching back like any good apostle would in his understanding of the purpose and the plan of God. He reaches far back beyond the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was a test run to see if God could raise up a people in the natural who would represent him in the earth. And we know that that test run failed miserably over and over and over. But in the spirit, God had made a promise that would reach from Abraham and would jump over, literally, the children of Israel and land on Christ. And Christ would be the ultimate fulfillment of this promise. So today I want to highlight this very important truth that Jesus is the fulfillment. Jesus is the one that brings about the full promise of God. And this is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So today be encouraged that Jesus has fulfilled the promise of God and is as we believe in him, we inherit that promise as his children. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.